Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. I'm your host, Mercedes Nickel, and throughout dropping in, I'm pretty unapologetically myself. I'm pretty authentic, and uh, I thought it seemed like a good fit to team up with a company called Sway, a brand built on purpose, committed to supporting communities and charities across Canada. I've chosen a cause that is dear to me, CanFund, who directly supports Team Canada athletes, Seem like a good fit as this whole series is about Team Canada athletes. And Sway will be making a donation on my behalf to CanFund. Sway is made with real juice and real good vibes. It's a delicious tasting vodka soda with nothing to hide. This is a special series, series four of Dropping In, where I have a co-host, Miss Martha McCabe, Olympian, woman extraordinaire, is joining me in this series as we chat with Team Canada's Olympians that will be going to Tokyo this summer. Let me introduce the sport and athlete that we will be dropping in with today. The sport is new to the Olympics. It was tested out at the 2018 Youth Olympics. For this sport, you need strength, endurance, coordination, agility, gymnastics ability, technique, and maybe not to be afraid of heights. It takes place on an artificial structure. It is indoor rock climbing. The Olympic sport is sport climbing. It has three disciplines at the games, and athletes will compete in all three back-to-back in this order. Speed climbing, bouldering, and lead climbing. Now, before today, I didn't really know what any of those were, so let me break it down. Speed climbing, the route is always the same, up a 15-meter high wall on a 15-degree angle. And climbers obviously race to the top. There's two of them at the time. Bouldering is where athletes are up against a brand-new 4.5 meter high climb and they have to first figure out and then try to reach the top in as few attempts as possible in four minutes. Sounds exhausting already. The third is lead climbing. This is where athletes try to climb as high as possible on a wall over 15 meters high and on a 19 on a nine or 10 meter overhang with one try. Now if there's a tie in the lead climb the climber with the fastest times wins. Olympic winners are determined by multiplying the placing in each discipline and the lowest score wins. Let me introduce the guest that we will be dropping in with today. Her journey with climbing began at the age of six and she began competing when she was 10. At 12 years old, she won the national climbing title. At 12 years old. Hello. Fast forward while she still climbed, she graduated with a BAS of mechanical engineering, specializing in mechatronics in 2018. I'm going to need to know what that is. (laughs) After focusing on bouldering events for three seasons in two, three seasons in 2019, she became a full-time competitor in all three disciplines. She's the first Canadian woman to advance to the final of a World Cup climbing event. She is a seven-time senior national champion and the first female to ascend a route called Pulse in Chequemus Canyon, Squamish. 
winning gold at the climbing championships in 2020 in LA qualified her for the 2020 summer Olympics, which are now kind of 2021, but they're still called 2020. It's very confusing. It's in Tokyo. This daughter, friend, engineer, seven-time national champion is headed to her first Olympics. Let's get to know more about Alana Yip. Alana Yip, are you ready to drop in? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you've done crazier things. So um, we start with rapid fire questions that never happen to be rapid fire. I am here with my co-host, Martha McCabe, the one and only amazing Olympic swimmer. And we're going to go back and forth um, through these questions with you. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one. I read that you started climbing because your grandparents did. Is this true? Uh, no, it was actually a family friend. A family friend. Okay, well, are they still around climbing? Uh, yeah, he's actually the one going to the Olympics with me. Oh, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, our parents have actually been friends since university. Um, and like, I've known... This guy, Sean McCall, since I was born, we grew up fairly close uh, and we lived like maybe four minutes from each other. And I got into climbing because I looked up to him and his brother as if they were my older brothers. Perfect. Oh, well, there's your story right there. (laughs) Who goes to the Olympics with the person they like wanted to climb with? That's crazy. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, question two. Um, Okay, so are you in Vancouver right now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's not the question. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a trick question. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to double check there. But um, you've climbed Pulse in Chekamoose Canyon. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what that is. So can you just tell me, like, can you describe that for me and all the listeners that don't know what that and is? And me. <laughs> <Ladies> too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a climb in Chequemus Canyon. It's a lead climb, which means you do it on a rope. Um, it's ooh, maybe 50 degree overhanging wall, um, like that. Dude. And it's a a difficult route it's the grade is 514 a um and that it means was nothing first... to me what does 514 a mean it's it's just there's a grading system of of climbing grades and it goes from like the five means it's a, a climbing route so if you had a, a four graded something you'd call that like a scramble like a scrambly hike basically oh and oh. so the five means it's a climb and then it sort of goes from five point, maybe four is the very lowest, like something very easy. Uh, all for you, to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a four kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the way up to the hardest grade in the world is five, five fifteen C. Okay, and then what you just so, did, the pulse is what is 514A. So it was actually the first uh, climb of grade 514 in Canada that was ever established. um, Wait, and you did it? For the first time? I did it later. Oh, okay. okay, okay. No, no, I did it later. Uh, It's seen many ascents, but all male before me. 
Oh, oh wow. shit! Yeah, and actually the second woman, a 17-year-old who I used to coach, just did it maybe yesterday. So oh, that's amazing. Seen two female ascents now. Wow. Look at you trailblazing. Okay, that's a huge deal. I mean, I read yeah. it in the intro and I was like, she's the first woman to do this, but I don't really know what that means. So thank you for clearing that up. That's crazy. That's really impressive. It's um, it's pretty common or not pretty common, but very often in the climbing world, it's been historically very more male dominated. So there are a lot of climbs, especially on the upper end um, of difficulty that maybe haven't yet seen female repeats or not nearly as many female repeats as male repeats. And the goal of outdoor climbing is always to climb something quite hard, like of the, like a, a harder difficulty. Yeah, that seems hard. <laughs> I don't why, even like. Why, why outside is, do you want it to be hard? Like you'd think outside you would go almost easier because like you're outside, you're just enjoying the outside. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a climbing mentality. Like oh. you go, it's, the goal is, it's not everybody's goal, but, yeah. but typically with the grading system that we have, the goal is to climb something quite hard. Of course, the goal is always to go outside and have a great day outside. Yeah. You get to spend the whole day out usually. Well, in Squamish here, uh, you get to go spend the whole day in the forest, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm flabbergasted but, at this degree. So does the the difficulty be with the, the overhang degree? Is that what the difficulty Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, it's it's the, the difficulty of the holds because sometimes on a really steep climb, you could actually have holds that are quite good to grab. Conversely, okay. on a small, like a, a vertical face, you could have tiny, tiny little holds that you're holding just with the bare, like bare ends of your fingers there or barely with the ends of your fingers. Not selling it on me. You're not selling it on me. And we have gone way off, off of the freaking questions, but I am loving it. Like I am intrigued by your sport. So (laughs) I don't even know. Quite unique. It's so cool. I like a lot of snowboarders get into it. Like, um, my friends and I'm just like, I don't think I'm there yet but maybe one day. I'll take you Um, one day. Okay. Okay. Oh God. I'm so scared. I would love it. And be so scared at the same time. (laughs) Um, we're at number three. Okay. So we talked about Squamish and how it's right up the road from you. Mm -hmm. This might be like a stupid question now, but have you ever climbed the chief? Uh, I actually haven't climbed the chief all the way to the top. I've climbed parts of it. Okay. Uh, and I, my favorite thing to do right now is bouldering. So that's the shorter climbs. Uh, You don't have a rope. You put foam crash pads underneath you. Mm -hmm. So I've actually spent a lot of time this year uh, climbing right at the base of the chief, but climbing the little rocks that fell off the chief at some point. But I've never climbed the whole thing, which is kind of embarrassing to admit. No, but is that a thing? Like, do people, the chief, how big is the chief? I don't even know. It's gigantic. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite big. But how long it, would that take you to climb? Depends what route you go up, um, but a couple, definitely a couple of hours. <laughs> Most oh of the day. I was going to ask if that's like an overnight type thing. <laughs> oh, um, you can, but typically not. 
just, just this might be so ridiculous, but like when you're talking about climbing the chief, like you're not talking about hiking the chief right now. You're talking about no, climbing you, like one of the faces. Climbing the face okay. of it, the sh- okay. like the front of it. Okay. Yeah. I've hiked well, the chief. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me once too. in That's my entire just, life. Like, clarify this. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good clarification. Got it. Got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I'm gonna I'll put up a photo of the chief in the YouTube yeah. so people can see it. It's just like the, is it what kind of rock is it? Because it's like the biggest piece of something. Granite. Granite. Thank you. Yeah. I am crying because I'm like. I'm in awe right now of the things that you do. Most of the climbing on the chief is also, um, or in Squamish, actually, most of the climbing in Squamish is a fairly, uh, a, quite a different style. Like we, we wouldn't even climb that way in competitions. So the granite fractures and makes these cracks. Oh. And you, you climb up the cracks by wedging your hands in, oh. in the cracks. You stick your hand in and then you try to like Not- wedge it in there. And then you continue. And you wow. put your feet in the cracks and twist them to get oh, some cushion. It's wow, quite so painful, cool. actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Martha's like, that's so cool. I'm like, oh, never, that's ever. So wild. Yeah, that's cool. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, okay. Let's go to number four here. Okay. <laughs> um, so climbing's taking you all over the world. Um, where's, like, the co- coolest place that you've been and maybe one of the like most challenging places you've climbed around the world too uh i think a few of my favorite places where i went to south africa to do some bouldering just about three hours north of cape town there's this area called rocklands uh and that was one of my first big bouldering trips outside and, and that was pretty amazing cool. uh and for lead climbing I went to Spain a few years ago and there's some amazing, amazing lead climbing there. So. I think I talk about Spain on every series. I freaking love it there. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Okay. Um, number five, you obviously climb in competition, but what mm-hmm. is your favorite type of climbing? And I feel like we may have touched on that right now. Um, and then also, can you, explain more like is it I'm gonna say your the answer is bouldering yes okay (laughs) I know you so well now um (laughs) is there different like grades of bouldering yeah so bouldering has its own grading system that's different from the lead climbing one it's called the v scale uh, and it starts from v0 and goes up in difficulty all the way to I guess V17 is the hardest right now. Okay. And like, can you do V17 or? No, uh, okay, I, what, you, what would you do? I, a couple of weeks ago, I did the hardest climb I've ever done, which is a V12. That's amazing. I don't even and, know what that means. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I can, or it's a, there's a video on my Instagram. Um, I cool. can. Yeah. I'm going to p- post that somehow. We're yeah. going to figure that out technology wise. does it go like v1 v2 or does it go like v1 v1.5 um they do have sometimes it'll say like v1 plus in some areas but typically it's just uh whole numbers yeah okay i'm I'm going rogue off of the off the questions bouldering is in the olympics the three things are in the olympics and you Mm -hmm. do them all in one day right Yeah. yeah okay 
And bouldering is the second thing you do. And it's a boulder wall that you will have never seen before. Uh, We actually haven't seen the wall. We just won't have seen the, like the problems, the the roots, the- Oh, where you put your hands? Is that the problem? On the wall? Pardon? Uh, Oh, like, yeah, that's like the thingies that you hold onto on the wall? Yeah, so the the wall is just plywood in different angles. And then they take these um, volumes, which are large uh, wooden or fiberglass shapes, and they attach them to the wall to sort of make these different angles. And then they attach holds, which are typically made of polyurethane. They attach those to the wall as well to create um, some sort of climb. And we've never seen it before. And individually, we have to come out and figure it out. And do you, is that going to be like a V13? It typically isn't the hardest grade because you only have five minutes to figure it out and you're all by yourself. Oh, five minutes? So, I said four. So it's five oh, minutes. It depends what round you're in. Oh, um, There's two rounds. One is five minutes and one is four. The first so, one's five minutes? The yeah. qualifying one? Qualifying is five, yeah. <sighs> God, I am like stressed with anxiety yeah, already okay. and the Olympics haven't even started. <laughs> so it's, a, it's really, that's the part that I love the most about uh, climbing competitions is that time pressure and problem solving put yeah. together. I think that's it's cool. super cool. Dude. So oh like God. when you did your V13 the other day? 12, yeah. 12, sorry. Um, like part of the reason you're able to do that is you have a few of you guys looking at like how to do it. Is that when you say, so you're solving it as a group kind of, and then you're like, okay, and then you go do it. Um, yeah. So actually I, this climb was, was pretty popular. So I actually could look up some videos, see how other people did it. Actually, none of their ways worked for me. And so I had to come up with my own way, but I did work on it for, I think, two days or maybe three days before I actually did the climb. Oh, that is so cool. So Okay. So at the Olympics on the bouldering course, will you get days before to look at it and practice it? Or it's like, here it is. You have five minutes. Clock starts. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my my God. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. That's so exciting. And okay, I'm can't, okay. Wicked. I can't wait. Um, (laughs) Okay, number six. What are some uh, other sports that you like outside climbing? Uh, Outdoor climbing? Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. That was a good one. No, I I like to ski. I like to mountain bike. Uh, I like to trail run. Sweet. Yeah. You're a real, real West Coast girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Okay. This is my question. They're all my questions. Um, <laughs> are you, are you afraid of heights at all? Uh, I am actually. Yes. <laughs> really? A little bit. Yeah. You, it's, it's kind of, it's just something that you get used to. And that you trust your rope. But if I was up uh, at the heights that I climbed to with a rope, uh, like if I was at that height, the top of a climbing wall without a rope, I'd be terrified. Oh, see, you trust the rope. I I remember climbing once at Strathcona in grade six and it was a tiny wall. And when it, I was fine climbing up 
and then mm-hmm. went to the belaying, belaying, yeah. not a bidet, belay. <laughs> and right. I, I was like, oh my gosh, you really have to trust that rope. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I feel like I'm afraid of heights too. Also, like, I don't know, like, don't you get like shaky? <laughs> yeah. Like when you Easy. climb, your forearms get all like in your hands. Like, don't you get shaky or no? Is that just like um, an inexperienced thing? I get shaky because of nerves. Yeah. Uh, and then you get like pumped when you're climbing. So like your muscle gets really tired. Your forearms get quite tired and you're, and you're trying to continue climbing, obviously. Um, but I would say the only, I don't get shakiness from fear anymore yeah, okay. unless I'm outside climbing. And then it's a very different experience. You can get a lot more sort of exposure feeling. Um, sometimes you can get quite scared there because actually sometimes outside climbing, you can be in a very dangerous situation where, you know, you, you actually can't fall. Um, but indoor climbing, it's very safe. If you've clipped all your protection points, there's like, uh, if you fall, you might be scared, but if you fall, nothing's going to happen as long as your belayer is good. Right. Can you be my belayer forever, please? Um, (laughs) This is not one of the questions either. Um, when you're <laughs> speed racing up, what do we call it? Sorry. Speed climbing, yeah. Speed climbing. Yeah. When you're speed climbing, are you clipping in or you're just like going? You just There's go. It's, um, you're on this like retractable automatic belaying machine that's okay. attached at the top yeah. and it can retract faster than you can climb. So, um, yeah, cool safe i love it okay okay number eight even though it's really like number 18 but hey let's i know um (laughs) uh okay so coming up on your first games um and like going into your first olympics how has this year been for you this kind of last year going into the games been for you it's been a lot of training but i'm it's, it's actually been a really good thing, this delay for an entire year for me. Um, I qualified in last day of February, 2020. And some people in climbing had qualified in August, 2019. And so they had like almost an entire year to prepare solely for the games. And like six months of that for me was trying to qualify Mm -hmm. so I was quite behind I felt like so it gave me a chance to take a little bit of time off where I did a lot more running than I did climbing and then dive right back into training when the gyms opened up again here so it's actually been kind of good for me (laughs) I, I respect that. I remember going into my first games in 2006. I don't know if this happened to you, Martha, but I was, I called my sports like, I'm like, I'm not ready. I don't think I should be going. <laughs> and to have an extra year, I, 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 I look at it as a positive thing as well, but I, every athlete's different. So that's cool to hear for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Number nine. This one's pretty funny for me and Martha. But it is, you are going into your first games and 
between me and Martha, um, we have six Olympics between us. I did the math right. <clears throat> um, do you? Is there like anything that you're looking for advice from us? Any weird questions? <laughs> that like also a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you're afraid of at the Olympics that we can help you? What is it like in the village? Like how well, crazy are things? I, I know things are going to be totally different this year, yeah. but. At first, it's not that crazy because, well, if you don't mind, if I go first, Martha, mm-hmm. <clears throat> obviously winter and summer are different. So I'll give you the winter perspective, which you might end up being a winter Olympian. Who knows? <laughs> um, the village is, is is not that crazy because everyone's getting there and, and in the zone and ready to compete. And the one cool thing is where you get to see the other athletes is in the like dining area. You all share the dining area and that's kind of where you see the other athletes, but you really, really become team Canada at the games because you stay in your, your own country. Whereas when we go to world cups or world championships, you're just like snowboarders or Mm -hmm. swimmers. Um, this is really where you become team Canada. I felt Martha. Yeah, I, well, Mercedes has given this piece of advice previously, or we've spoken about it, but your piece of advice was about like, uh, you're in the village, things are kind of far away. And so you're on your feet a lot more than you probably would be at home. Mm-hmm. And so Mercedes has previously said, or we've talked about it, whatever, about like, just being conscious of walking too much. Um, so like, and, and my thing that I just was going to add to that was usually Canada has, and again, you said it, Alana, but like, we don't know how different these games are going to be, but usually they have like bikes and stuff, or maybe like even scooters use mm-hmm. them, even if you look goofy, like just cause you're, otherwise you're walking so much more than you would. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. yeah, it's like a random thing. I mean, it's, I'm not taking credit for this advice. It's good advice from Mercedes. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> Um, well, well, no, you, she brought up the bikes and I was like, we don't have bikes at the Olympics. Yeah, not that I remember. Does. Summer has then, bikes. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say is like my experience going into the village is you arrive and it is just like distraction galore. Like mm. there's, there's, you walk in and like, you're trying to make, you're in the final preparation stage, right? Like you're still eating well, you're still get resting well. And like you walk in and there's like hey, these guys are standing here with like a free cupcakes and ice cream. And like, you go the next step and like, there's an arcade where all these athletes are going. And it's like a lot of like kind of temptations in a way, mm-hmm. which like are awesome for when you're done competing. And I think, again, these Olympics will be different because you might have to leave immediately, but like focus on, um, I think the best advice I ever got was like, focus on your, your event first. And then mm-hmm. once that's done, go eat that ice cream and stuff. Right. Like, but there are a lot of distractions and it would be so easy to get swept into. Um, so like, like, look at them, see them, but like stay in your lane or stay in your zone. Yeah. Like the free McDonald's, it won't happen at these Olympics because they're not a sponsor anymore, but it's like at the yeah. games, there's always free McDonald's like right there, right next to the food court. And you're like, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Not yeah. till after. And yeah. another, yeah. Another thing is um, I remember my parents being like, okay, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And I was like, you're not, you are not my priority. The priority yeah, is competing you. and I love you and I will always love you. And I thank you for your support. But at this point in time, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, totally. Again, not going to be an issue at these games. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's pros and cons. Like, well, they might try and call you though all the time. They might. Yeah. <laughs> and like, my I parents remember, are pretty good, I think. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Give them some credit. <laughs> I, I remember, um, like one of the games I was at because it's the Olympics, like, uh, it was in London and we all had to have like our, our windows open because it was so hot and they didn't have AC and whatever. It doesn't really matter, but you'd be sleeping and you had kind of had to have your window open. And like freaking every morning at like 6.30 in the morning, this giant Goodyear blimp would go by like, <laughs> I was like, come on, like, just want to sleep a little bit more, like getting ready for race. But like those things will happen. Like the bus will be late. You know, you picture the Olympics being this perfect thing and it's, it's totally not. Yeah. Although if anyone's going to get it close to perfect, it, it will, be it will Tokyo. be Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to have to have like a debrief once you're back to be yeah. like, what were the robots? Like, did they greet you? Like what's going on over there? <laughs> uh, one more question. Okay. Yeah. Number 10. We kind of touched um, on it. Yeah. We did kind of touch on it about the, the past year, but just like, I guess to kind of expand on this past year, like you said, it kind of benefited you, but I'm wondering like, um, and how did it change with the pandemic? Like, um, obviously gyms were closed or did you have access to them or how did your training change because of that? It was not impacted hugely actually. Oh, um, so the other great thing that happened was that uh, a brand new world-class facility opened in Richmond at the Oval on July 1st. So had the games been in 2020, I would not have gotten to train there. Hmm. And it's got the two disciplines that are the harder ones for me to train. It's basically the only place in Canada to be able to train um, lead climbing, like competition lead climbing really well. And then the closest place for me to train speed climbing. So it's that part has also been amazing. I now spend a couple of days a week out there. Well, it's like in your backyard. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that was the rapid fire, but from that, I'm just going to ask more questions about <laughs> this. Okay. So speed climbing, number one, the thing stays, it's always the same. Is it yeah, exactly the only... same placements and everything? Yeah. And yeah, how that's fast do you go the up? Only one that we know what it's going to be like to climb. Right. And how fast yeah. do you go up that? Uh, my record is about 9.1 seconds in competition. Uh, and the world record is 5.4. And the women's oh. world record is 6.9. Oh, okay, like, Martha, how long would it take us? It might take me like 20 minutes. Well, what is it? I mean, I'm guessing based on the fact that you're a professional and I don't know how to climb, it's going to take me like about an hour. <laughs> but it's 15 meters high on a five so, degree angle. The funny thing about the speed climb is that if you go slow, it's actually harder because the spaces know, in between that. the holds are quite big. So um, it's yeah. not actually that easy to do. That it's sucks. not like running where you can yeah. still run a hundred meters. So like uh, the answer Mercedes is we can't even get up it. It's not about how fast can we do it. It's oh, what? Because it. they're so far. Yeah, it's still going to be it, hard. Yeah. It, you oh, might I'm not, be probably to. not tall enough to do it. It's just hard. <laughs> oh my God. We should try. <laughs> I know. 
I'll stick. We'll stick to the V1s, I think. <laughs> I, I get to go with the, uh, oh yeah. What's that? What is that? Is that a grade or it's just always the same? So it's not a grade. Uh, there's, it hasn't been officially graded because it's also different how fast you go. Cause if you're going really fast, you're jumping between holes yeah. and you've got momentum. It's, it's quite a bit easier. Oh my gosh. I'm just learning so much. I love it. I oh, it'd be so fun it. to watch. Yeah. I'm excited to watch. Um, <clears throat> send you guys some YouTube videos. It's, it's insane. to. No, watch I have watched. I have, okay, I yeah, watched yeah. her win the, I watched her win the, um, the 2020 LA ticket to the Olympics. Oh, oh yeah. And I didn't understand exactly what was happening. That's the thing. <laughs> but I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it hard for people to follow um, this kind of competitive rock climbing? Not speed climbing. What do we call it? Just the Olympic discipline, you mean? Thank you. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, all of them together. So speed climbing itself, just a speed climbing competition is fairly easy. It's just, it's a bunch of races. Yeah. And there's just like a, you know, you go eight to, to four to two kind of thing. Oh, so hold on. Do you never do all three in one day competing normally? Or do you do the, is that just Olympics? It's, it's a brand new discipline that they made only for the Olympics. So it wasn't a thing before. Oh my God. I feel you. Yeah, they did that with uh, snowboarding where like for 2010, oh. we had, this never happens, but we had qualifiers, semis, and finals all in one day. And normally it's just qualifiers and semis and then finals in another day. Cause you have training in between all of those. Hmm. So, oh, you've never done it before. Well, my guess is, have you done it? <laughs> no, oh, just now I've done it. So there were all the qualifications for the Olympics were in this discipline. So okay. I think I've actually done it in international competition, probably the most out of anybody now, just cool. because it took me a long time to qualify. Um, I kept more doing practice, babe, more yeah. practice. It was yeah, good thing in the end. Um, <laughs> but I've only done it three times. Oh, wow. Okay. That's or in three competitions. Yeah. But were... then do you train it all in yeah. one day? Yeah. Dude, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, um, Martha, do you have any more questions? Um, I mean, I actually do, but I think they're silly. No, there's no silly question. Well, I asked I'll really... ask one. I'll ask one because yeah. you, your education is like, it's, you have an engineering degree, right? Did I read that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. do you like this is so silly but I just I'm curious like because of all the climbing you do outside and you were even just describing like it was granite that you're climbing and it's different like do you know a whole bunch about rocks uh not a ton I know usually it's pretty common to know like in different areas that you're climbing in what the type of rock is but I there's like a lot more to know I just know maybe the type of rock that I'm yeah, climbing that's you it know more than I do that's for sure <clears throat> speaking <laughs> I didn't even know what the Spanish chief was and I grew <laughs> <Exactly>. up here <clears throat> um <clears throat> speaking of your um mechanical engineering I probably butchered what you're in metatronics Mechatronics. Mechatronics. Yeah, I said that wrong up yeah. there. Um, <clears throat> what is that? 
it's a combination of mechanical and electrical engineering. Um, basically, think of robots. They're like combinations of mechanical and electrical systems. Okay. And what are you, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to, are you making the robots in Tokyo that will be there? <laughs> yeah, secretly that's, that's all me. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to hand, you're going to robot deliver McDonald's to everyone else in the village before yeah, the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you, uh, you, do you use I'd that degree? Not right now. I graduated in 2018 and then in 2019, the qualifications for the game started. So I decided to just focus on that for the time being. Um, but I really, I really want to work in engineering at some point. What you want to do? Um, I'm not sure. There's kind of two paths that I see could be cool working somehow in the outdoor industry, like in the climbing industry, combining climbing and my degree would be really cool. Um, I think there's, it's hard to find like an actual mechatronics job in Tokyo. the climbing industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. In the climbing industry. I, I, I interrupted you by that. Sorry, you were um, correct. <laughs> or something totally different working um, in, uh, renewable energy or something would be also cool. really cool. So cool. Alana. Yep. I now know way more about sport climbing. Thank you so much for dropping in with us today. Where can people find you online to see these crazy videos? Uh, my Instagram is the, the best place. It's Alana underscore. Yep. YIP. Thank you so much for dropping in. We'll chat soon and best of luck at the Olympics. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. I don't know about you, but I've been having a really good time interviewing the Team Canada athletes. And I'm so excited to be partnered with Sway because obviously I'm pretty real to who I am and so are the athletes that we've been chatting to. Sway is going to be donating to CanFund an organization that directly supports Team Canada's athletes. Sway is made with real juice and real good vibes. Honestly, you're going to want to taste this vodka soda. It's different from the others. Sway is a delicious tasting vodka soda with nothing to hide. Cheers. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Thanks for dropping in. If you want to watch this podcast, head over to YouTube. Follow Dropping In on Instagram and Facebook at Dropping In with Mercedes. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.
Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.